But I hate when I feel like this And I never hated you Neurotica is a weekly podcast going to the deepest, darkest parts of the mind and bringing them to light. Topics range on mental illness, behavior, and perception and more. Please be warned, many episodes contain trigger warnings. If you ever have thoughts of suicide, please call the suicide hotline at 1-800-273-8255. Hey everybody, welcome to Neurotica. My name is Cody Ryan, joined as always by my co-host, Booby Styles. Bobby, how are you? I'm doing pretty well, Cody. What's how the hot you? hot news in your life? Um, see, finished the move for the most part. My girlfriend's out at a Jewish happy hour. Oh. Um, with our friend Lauren, friend of the pod. Friend right of the now. pod, indeed. <laughs> um, yeah, that's basically it. <laughs> great, great. Your uh, move actually broke my body, by the way. Yeah, it wasn't great. My legs still feel 100 pounds, and I'm pretty sure I, like, tore something in my shoulder. But, you know, otherwise, you're there. So How's your spirit? Broken completely, and it's not coming back. Actually... Is that from the move, or is that just... You know what? The the move was just kind of a microcosm of some things. Uh, my spirit was broken, but it's coming back, so I'm pretty happy about that. Um, but today's episode, we're very excited, um, because today we're getting a fresh perspective, which is something we always like to do on this podcast, talking about mental health. We always want to hear from new voices. So welcome to the podcast for the very first time, James. James, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? What's up? Uh, I'm James Cassar. I live in Philly, like y'all. Local boy um, from here. Yeah, I have a podcast called Stereo Confidential. It's not like this. Um, it's <laughs> it's not many are like this. Is it good? <laughs> Is it good? Um I would say yes. Is that, is that how it's not like this? Yeah. No, <laughs> no, no. Is it not like this? I was like, you mean like a podcast? No, it's Real? like three people who record in separate rooms on Skype and talk about bands that broke up five, ten years ago. Um, basically, So right, you guys are like those bands, though. You break up into different parts of the country. Basically, They're like the yeah. postal service. Hell yeah. I mean, we basically do mail our recordings back and forth, and then one unlucky person edits it you know so that's like our podcast where we mailed in every week exactly (laughs) but we're happy to have you here and obviously you told me you wanted to talk about something specific that we haven't had on the show before so why don't you get a little bit of why you really wanted to come on neurotica sure yeah so um i have cerebral palsy and so that is a physical disability sometimes it does affect cognitive ability but i kind of want to talk about like the intersection between um, if you have a disability or some sort of uh, difficulty and how that intersects with your brain, because like your brain controls that, but there's some sort of like metaphysical barrier between like your brain and your body, it sucks. Um, so yeah, we'll talk about that fun and totally normal <laughs> thing. Just that thing that everybody wants to talk about. But I mean, you know, we've talked about some of those kind of things on the podcast before, but not to your level. Like for me, you know, I've dealt with um, minor things, but because I'm just so prone to mental health breakdowns, like I will play things up where on your side, it's a little bit different where it's like your physical will probably, you know, fan the flame of anything that's going on in your mental. Bobby on the other hand is perfectly healthy in all ways. And we're happy to have him here. I'm the straight man. Yeah, you're well, the control okay. Variable. We don't need to bring homophobia into this episode. That has nothing to do with it. Everybody in this room is straight. No, I mean like I'm the Paul Rudd, like I'm really handsome and normal. Great. Awesome. Thank you, Paul. That's true. He does play that role in every movie. Even like 
like Roma. I don't need to get into the movies right now. Paul, come on. <laughs> come on, Paul. <laughs> Open invitation. Paul Rudd. Who was the first one we tried to get for a while? That was you were um, trying to get some kind of I thought we were trying to Confederate get Confederate General. You try to get Robert Lee on the podcast. Oh, yeah. Robert Lee, <laughs> as everyone calls him. Yes. We try to get Chris Gethard too. Yes. We we'll, keep trying to get Chris we'll Gethard. Get there. But we have James today, so let's good, yeah. let's let's not shout James. <laughs> hey, I'm not I'm not Chris Gethard, but uh but I'm, I'm giving up on TV. for today, I think. But you're who we have, and we'll just make do. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> sorry to the listeners. That's relatable. <laughs> <laughs> no, so James, we are very excited. All right, to enough have self-deprecation. You. Yeah, yes, we, we are excited to have you on. Yes, that's usually like the meat of the episode. Is self-deprecation will come back in. So just save that for when you're really hitting your points here. But we're very excited to have you on. And what you know, we've known each other for not very long time. You just met Bobby for the first time, so. He and I are kind of in the dark about, you know, cerebral palsy, what it is in general. Like, I obviously know, you know, some of the um, the more commonly known things. So why don't you run us through what that means for your day-to-day life and long-term, and then we can kind of unpack how that affects you mentally. All right. Before that, uh, tell me what you know, and I I'll mean, tell you if you're wrong. I know that there is an inclination um, for either, you know involuntary motor controls like twitching or shaking things like that um past that i don't know if i know that much at all yeah i know basically nothing i probably mix it up with multiple sclerosis and things of that nature Um, for sure yeah Yeah. i'm sure you've heard that plenty of times in your life it's a blind spot yeah i mean basically you're right i mean like there are different types and the type that i have spastic um, I don't have tremors or anything like that, but certain movements, like if I lift my heel on my right side, the weaker side, it'll shake uncontrollably sometimes. So it, it depends. Sometimes you have the jerky motion, you know, that idiot that we have in the white house when he did that, that's a symptom of CP. Okay. Oh yeah. Um, I see what you're talking about. So yeah, I can't like, show I, it. Yeah. This is an he, he's referencing yeah. specifically the time that Donald Trump uh, made fun of somebody as he he's sort of hitting do. his chest with the side of his. Yeah. He was basically hands. replicating, I guess somebody's, um, I, some people call it a tick, I guess. Yeah. Or, yeah. We can call it that. I don't want to. I don't want to use ter- like I don't no, know, I mean, and that's and that's like, part of the reason. Like, I think it's interesting for people. You know, when you talk about mentally, when they even like mix up your, you know, what your, um, you know, ailments are, things like that. Like, I'm sure there is some level of just like, okay, I'm tired of telling this, but there's also probably some level of just like, you know, it's not who I am, and I'm sure we'll get to that. But yeah, um, you know, I don't want to keep interrupting you because you know you're the man who knows it so i'm gonna stop talking <laughs> you can talk about it now no you're good i mean i did ask you to like i quizzed you a little bit well um, i mean yeah it's it, it's it's one of those like things that i feel like everybody knows but they don't know about for sure yeah i mean like now we're kind of getting a little more media literacy in this type of stuff i mean abc had a show a couple years ago called speechless um which featured a actual disabled person who has cp and then Special, which just debuted on Netflix, is a show about a, a gay man with CP, so it's kind of like that intersectional uh But Bobby's a straight we... man. He told us that. Please don't bring that up in front of Bobby again. Good. He's canceled. <laughs> um, Bobby's canceled. You canceled, sis. Well, I am canceled if Nancy Pelosi is a woman of color as an Italian, then I'm extremely fucking canceled. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> is that a thing that was said? Wow. Bobby hates the, the Italians. <laughs> there was some email that got sent out to a bunch of media people that um, 
about, you know, the freshman congresswomen, and it said that the Democratic caucus is led by an, a woman of color, Nancy Pelosi, as an Italian-American. Oof. <laughs> Big oof. So, if that's the case, then uh, my archives are pretty fucked. Yeah, all right. Yeah, we'll get back to your racism later, Bobby. We're, we're talking about James right now. Yeah, it's too spicy and meatball. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, okay. So, I think a good place to start is when I went to a science museum when I was six, and they had this chessboard, and they had mittens, and they were like, pick a hand, put the mitten on the hand, now you know what it's like to live with a disability, and I was like, what? No. (laughs) Like, I mean, I kind of think about it a lot in the only way to make sense of things you don't understand is to reduce it to the basis term and then work up from there, but... I mean, you know, I was on a trip that day and people were like, is this how you feel? And I'm like, well, sure. You know, like when you're a young kid, it's easier to just give people what they think they know as the definitive answer. So you don't have to open up. Um, Same thing in therapy, I believe. Exactly. I mean, you know, I think Goodwill Hunting illustrates it best. Bobby's staring right at me as he throws darts at me. No, we've talked before about how when you're in therapy, you feel like you want to give the, the therapist there, the that's answer why. and that they want to hear so they can feel like they're helping and like you're giving the right answer. And, well, yeah, and I'm sure because, that, that sounds like what James is describing as yeah, well. Yeah, and I, I, I definitely think they are related, but I think, you know, for me, it's there's still like a little bit of unknown when I'm talking where it's like, I think he's coming more from a place where he knows and he can't bring them into the know where it's like, I'm in a place where I could say what I know and my therapist could bring me into a darker unknown that I'm afraid of. Okay. Also, I'm lazy. I don't feel like working through shit. It's kind of like, you know, as a person who like now knows that like as a white person and as like a cis passing human, like, wait, do you have, are you Italian at all? <laughs> Sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm as Italian as you want thing. me to be. I mean, like, I so my, zero. My fam- <laughs> well, my family like originated in Malta, which is like next to Italian. So basically, they share a lot of the same cultural like fluency. So yes, um, we'll let it pass. Let it pass. That's good. So <laughs> okay, acknowledging that and like understanding that, um, but there is kind of an othering when you're a kid with a disability because. At least in public school when I was younger, there's kind of this accommodation, like, bubble that follows you around. And I was fortunate to have, like, aides, um, like, people helping me uh, through, like, the lunch line. And I remember I was allowed to, you know, there was, like, line leader, but then there was my, like, special treat where I could bring someone early to lunch. And so it was always, like okay, this, like, weird kid is, like, giving me a free pass to go get my, like, kid cuisine early. Like, do I pretend to be his friend? You know, and it was kind of like, for a while, I didn't know, you know, what people's intentions were because of, like, weird treatment things that people were doing. So, like, for a long time, and just, like, until very recently when I got older and was able to, like, express, like, what this was, it was just difficult for me to articulate, like, how I was feeling and, like, what this was. I'm pointing to, like, the lower extremities. Right. Um, Yeah, I mean, so, like, the other thing is that because of kind of my disability, which, like, for the listeners at home or wherever, 
Um, it's kind of mild. Like, I didn't stand up for you, but, like, I do walk with a lamp. It's, like, hard to get upstairs sometimes, but, like, it, you know, it is pretty minor. Like, I'm not in a wheelchair, like, but there is some sort of a stigma around it when you're younger. I mean, now we're kind of getting more accepting. Like, there's stuff on Netflix, like you said, but it's hard out here sometimes, you yeah. know? Yeah, and I think you're you're bridging a gap now that, you know, people aren't considering if they don't really see your story, which is that you're not just your disability, you're not just dealing with, you know, the pains of going through a day-to-day life with, you know, you know, if you have trouble walking upstairs, that's something you learn to deal with. The thing that's always hard to deal with when you have something like this going on is just that your brain is fighting you constantly with, you know, you're not just thinking about what you're thinking, you're thinking about what other people are thinking and stuff like that. And when you told the story about like, you know, going to the, you know, the science museum or whatever it was, and they're saying, you know, put a mitt on, is this it? I do relate to that sometimes when people like say the same thing about mental health and you're like, is that it? And I'm like, I'd rather you think that than even open up this can of worms. Like, it's just easier for me, but then always feeling that frustration of like, I don't even have the energy to help you get me. Like, and that, that's very frustrating. So like, when you're at the science museum and they say, put this mitten on, that's how it feels to have a disability. It's as though someone who's neurotypical like myself is just like down in the dumps. And they're like, oh, I bet this is how Cody feels all the time. When that's not actually the extent of it. It's more nuanced and complicated and there's ups and downs than that. Yeah. I think like the other thing too is like a lot of people put tragedy and struggling on a scale. So like they empathize with things that are within like a certain range but like once you're outside it like with mental illness it's like certain mental illnesses are cause for like more concern or like disdain like schizophrenia doesn't get a lot of mainstream attention as depression or anxiety and so like disabilities are kind of the same thing for like someone who has a minor limp maybe looked at with a little more empathy and kindness or at least a little more just like standard behavior than someone in a wheelchair and like that sucks and like i was fortunate enough to not like be outside that range and it's kind of fucked up for me to say but like it did make things a little bit easier and so like when i talk to people about disability like as a general thing it's easier for me to be like okay just like exhibit the golden rule at all times because like mentally for a lot of disabled folks like myself and like people who struggle with different things it's like just a matter of acceptance like that's all we want um you know from a societal and like infrastructural perspective so like there are ramps and railings and things like that but also like just socially and emotionally um so yeah i feel like because of where I am in this world and because of my station and privilege to like be, be able to talk about this, like have like the motor skills to do something like this. Like it's important for me to like say, you know, like for all of us, you know, without being a loudspeaker, just like using the, the platform at least. Right. Yeah. And I mean, that's obviously what we were trying to do with this podcast is, you know, give platform to people that, you know, people don't listen to us and obviously mental health, it's becoming more widely accepted. You know, you see basketball players coming out and, oh, I have anxiety and depression, but you had a good point. Someone with schizophrenia. Schizophrenia is, you're crazy, you're dangerous, get away from me. 
those people are suffering more than anybody else in the world is suffering in terms of mental illnesses. Like, it's probably the worst of the mainstream ones. I'm sure there's some very specific ones we've never heard of that could be worse. But, like, in terms of the mainstream mental illnesses, like, that's a person is suffering a lot. And you kind of hit something I never really thought of before. But so true is there's a scale. But I think, like, you know, the scale isn't linear either. It's It kind of falls in, you know, one of those, uh, I guess those alignment charts we always see with, like, the political, like, are you authoritarian or whatever? It's, like, it's the scale of how much are you struggling, but how much sympathy does people people have for you? And then it's kind of, like, it kind of swings based on context. But I think the big thing is, when I talk about my mental health and you talk about your disability, we're not just fighting for sympathy. We're really frustrated is that people want to misrepresent us or say we can't do a thing because of who we are. And for you, yours is a lot more visible. I can just keep my mouth shut. If I do a good enough job of internalizing, no one will ever know that I have mental health. You know, probably not recording a podcast every other week telling people that you have mental illness is yeah. not probably not helping me. But like that's one of those things too where it's like it's funny that mental illness is getting such like good support right now considering it's kind of a hidden one and partly that's why it is because people want to draw it out but for you you're bringing up a disease i've known or sorry i don't know if disease is the right nomenclature but you know a condition that i've known my entire life and us talking about it right now is the most i've ever had real exposure to it right i mean like the thing is like cp is pretty common i read a statistic of like 2.5 out of every thousand births which like birth statistics are usually like pretty you know unreliable because of census data or whatever but like that's still pretty common um especially when you hear about other um disabilities like down syndrome where like you may never encounter a person who has that um but at the same time it's like when i um i basically came to philly because of the internet and because of music and like i remember someone that a mutual friend knew was like how do i get the instagram handle cerebral palsy and I was like, well, I have it. So we connected that way, and she's the only other person in Philly I know with CP. It's a different kind, but, like, that connection was very strange to me because I didn't find people in the same circles um, with that a similar experience or, like, even, like, a tangential one. So, like, if you're not looking for it, you may not find it, but, like, you know, sometimes it's just something you come across, but I feel like because of mainstream acceptance of disabilities, or at least mainstream visibility on some scale, people are more, like, less, you know, uh, exclusionary to it, both in their mindset and kind of, like, their practices um, or their humanity in general. Right, and I was actually thinking earlier, um, and I'm going to be brutally honest, um, right now it's gonna probably make me look bad i think that for me and seemingly people that i know without having talked to them about this specifically i think that social media has helped us gain a lot of empathy for people with lived experiences different from our own um for me i grew up everyone that i grew up with in the suburbs was white mostly irish catholic Mostly when I knew them out presenting as straight. So the internet has helped me gain perspective on the struggles of people of color. 
and of people that are gay or trans, things like that. So those are things that I'm more attuned to, whereas I don't know or follow that many people that have cerebral palsy or physical handicaps. And so it's not a struggle that I think about as much. For example, not to turn me and Cody's mistakes into content, which is exactly what I'm about to do. <laughs> when we were planning this podcast, um, I DM Cody in our like normal neurotica DM and said, are the stairs at your apartment going to be a problem for James? And he was like, I don't know. And the stairs don't have a railing. And it was something we've been trying to schedule this episode for a month now. And it was something that, you know, we never brought up because it's not really front and center in our minds. And I will say, I knew James before you. I thought about it before you did. But I was kind of afraid to bring it up because I didn't want to, like, you know, make an assumption and be like, oh, you can't go upstairs at all. Like, and I know my apartment's awkward for anybody, but I didn't want to, like, you know, just come out of nowhere and be like, hey, James, like, I got stairs. Is that a problem? Then you'd be like, oh, no, I don't want to be on this podcast because you guys don't understand. And that even shows something in me right there where I was like, I was hesitant to just ask an honest and useful question because I didn't want to be, you know, insensitive to you. And in reality, I was probably being more of a jackass, me and Bobby going back and forth, like, oh my God, is it going to be a problem? That was the real insensitivity instead of just asking the question, hey man, have any issue with stairs? Like, Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like... The weird thing about that is, like, it can go both ways. It's like, if you're being patronizing about it, it's like, okay. Like, you know, like, some people on the street, like, they may not, you know, intend to do this, but, like, I'll be walking around and, like, random people, you know, I'll be a Duncan, and they're like, hope God heals you, and I'm like, what's the hurry, you know? Like, <laughs> if it was gonna happen, it was gonna happen, like, before you decided to say that, but, like... It's been, it's, like, made a whole world of difference um, for people that I've asked. I mean, like, I, uh, you know, go to house shows every once in a while. I make that horrible decision. And, like, those, like, basements don't have railings sometimes. And, like, for people to start thinking about people with mobility issues when they go to, like, those shows are, like, shows that, like, union transfer. And, like, thinking about, like, ADA accommodation or, like, even asking if that's something I would be interested in, like, that's cool. Like, I spent so much of my life having that decided for me. Or, like, you know, my parents were great, are great. Um, but They're dead now. Yeah, basically, I killed them now. No, <laughs> Look, that's I'm not on record. Remember, I oh, said you can tell me shit. you want to strike anything for the record, but I probably will that's not the do next, it. <laughs> that's the next step in representation on Netflix: is a murderer with cerebral palsy. Oh my god, <laughs> that would actually normalize that. I think because people are obsessed with like Ted Bundy and shit. But, oh, uh, people love the Bundy. It's, it's really telling to me when people are like, "I love serial killers," and I'm like, "Oh, that's that's really good to hear." But um, that's cute. <laughs> I mean, yeah, like my parents who are very much alive. Um, they link, were good, link. and they somebody checked that. They, they definitely made it easier for me to like be normal, and I say that in air quotes because I have always looked at other people, and like you, Bobby, like I grew up in like a pretty homogenous like white community, and so like my normalcy was that for a while, and so like while I do also agree with you that like the internet has like broadened my strokes as well, it's like. I've also tried to, like, understand that, like, 
if people saw me as different, like, I should probably also not try to do that to other people. But, like, I do agree that, like, the one thing that the internet has taught me is that, like, disability is not an inspirational thing. I feel like, you know, like, outside of these awesome exceptions that, like, Nike has, like, an athlete with CP now. And, like, that's pretty cool. Like, getting endorsement deals for, like, sports and, like, becoming an icon and a role model, like, you know, other things turn into inspiration porn where it's like not so much about the humanity of it or like the you know the triumph it's about okay look at this person who was probably not destined to do this doing something that normal people do like it becomes a show and a kind of a charade and it like erases kind of how accepting like we just want everyone else to be um when i was in college um, a news organization followed me around for a day and like watched me eat. It was horrible. <laughs> and I ate a lot. So they were there for a while. But um, basically, they wrote this story about like me transitioning to college from high school and how like how you learn how to eat. Basically, they were like, <laughs> so like you're getting accommodations, like people are helping you with like getting digital books instead of books. So, like your back doesn't, you know, get more fucked up. And I said, yeah, like it was really like a weird human interest story because it was so boring. Like if someone <laughs> were to, you know, ask someone else like, oh, like, is your backpack heavy? Like they would be like, it wouldn't make it to print. It wouldn't make yeah. it to air. But like because it was a disabled person, like, you know, going to college and like moving away, that's amazing to some people. And it's like. I don't know. I don't want to make my life yeah. a spectacle. I, I kind of like when I articulate things about my life or like write about it for the internet, it's because it's an intersection of a lot of things and it's never something that I want to make bigger than myself. Like right. I don't want to become like a meme or like, you know, a inspirational Facebook post. Like okay. I just want to be. Which like reminds me, we're last... going to be posting uh, pictures of James. We're going to see how many likes we can get just to show him the support. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but, that, that'd be good. But <laughs> you don't want the boring aspects of everyday life to be presented as somehow extraordinary just because you have CP. Yeah, I mean, like, the thing about... It's not Oscar Pistorius, you know, pre-murder. Exactly. It's actually, like, an interesting thing. It's yeah. just, you're eating lunch, and they're filming it. Yeah. It's like... It, it's weird because, like, I watch something, like, special or speechless where it's, like, a normal sitcom, but, like, the only thing different is that they acknowledge that there is difference, but they go through normal situations, and, like, that understated tone is, like, how I want people to treat me at all times, um, because, like, you run the risk of, like, I, I don't know, when people talk about, like, when the mental health stuff first started I was really into an organization called to write love in her arms and they made it so general that the t-shirts that they had at the beginning were basically just a logo and like you know a thing about hope and love and Jesus probably and like it was like less connected to the idea of like okay like you can have such a bad day that you're gonna want to kill yourself like it wasn't like yeah, I remember that. It wasn't crossing yeah. the line yet. And so, like, over the years as we've become, like, more entrenched in, like, talking about shit like this, you have something like 13 Reasons Why come out. And I, like, remember reading that book in high school and, like, being like, 
you know, if I was like a little bit over the edge, like this would like ruin my life probably. Um, and so having things like that kind of like romanticize it and like pull it out of the context that it is and like ignore all the warning signs, like that's like the extreme I don't want. Like, it's funny you say that because I was having constant breakdowns when we started this podcast because I was worried that what I was doing was going to bring people on to traumatize them because I had in the very first episode thought, okay, we're going to go big. We're going to go bold. I'm going to tell a story of my mother jumping out of the car. And I bring that up a lot and people think, okay, Cody's bringing this up a lot for whatever reasons, you know, sympathy or whatever. I bring it up a lot because that was the first lesson I got with this podcast is that when you go big like that, you don't just worry about yourself. My therapist was freaked out about me. Whether things happen to me subconsciously or not because of it remains to be seen. What I saw in person was Tony writhing in pain as I told him to make that funny. And obviously it was just like awkward pain, like... But then, you know, we were doing more episodes and I was like, I have to make sure the people that come on are okay with what they're saying. I can't let something go out there that they could ruin their life because people, by nature, it's just a psychological thing are more open on podcasts when it's like you're disconnected from the people you're talking to. So you're just talking, you're giving your story. So one, I wanted to, you know, worry about the people that, you know, were on. And then our friend Lauren, we brought up earlier, she listened to a couple of episodes and goes, you guys think I'm putting some kind of like trigger warnings on this? Cause I didn't know it was going to be this dark. And I was like, well, it's a mental health podcast. Some are going to be dark, but then me and Bobby have episodes where it's silly. So it's like, it wasn't fair to me to say that every episode is, you know, you should expect it to be you know, this way. But there is definitely this fear of like, am I putting more fuel to fire? When I talk about my suicidal thoughts, am I talking about it? It's just like in a way that people are like, Oh, that guy has suicidal thoughts. I have suicidal thoughts. He doesn't seem to be doing anything about it. Like, I don't, I didn't want it to be that. I didn't want it to be a podcast where people basically, like, we're all just jerking off about our own mental illness and just like, yeah, your mental illness is bad. Yeah, it's bad. Like, the motorcycle guy, I think you should leave. Like, yeah. motorcycle, mental illness. Yeah. There's a house in the middle. <laughs> yeah, it's like basically that just meant that. Oh, kind of they got right. mental health problems. <laughs> oh, yeah, they do. <laughs> But, you know, and that's, I think, what you're saying with, you know, disabilities. There's been people with disabilities on TV for years, but you ask people, what's the first person that you thought of with a disability on TV? I saw Bobby right now kind of, like, make a face. My first thought, Drake and Degrassi. My a man who does not have any disability, but is the funniest thing ever, thinking about Drake in a wheelchair with a basketball on his, like, leg, that he became the world's biggest rapper later in his life. But Plus, that's not representative of real people generally yeah plus that disability and the first one that i think of is jason street from friday night lights those disabilities aren't um they weren't born with those yeah Drake, they I think, were... got shot and street tackled poorly whereas yeah. james was born with cp yeah exactly i mean like the thing is like people i think over time and like will if they're exposed to something enough they'll be okay with it i feel like you know, it's really interesting what you were saying, Cody, because, like, I've been trying to, like, write about my life just, like, you know, in varying capacities over the years. Like, I wrote about my suicide attempt when I was in college for the website that I, like, did a podcast for, and then we changed formats. It's not important, but... Uh, <laughs> I heard about that one before the podcast. Yeah, so uh, I wrote on this website, and my parents were like, what? <laughs> what are you talking about? 
And I was like, no, like I like I had never told them. Like I put it out there, and it was like, you know, probably pretty unsettling for them. Like I, they haven't told me, but like I feel like being open about things, especially like the intersection between disability and mental health. Um, like I wrote a column series for a while, and I was like, if I'm talking about my life and my perspective, are people in my life going to be either a worried or be like? okay, we weren't treating you any differently or like trying not to, what are you trying to say about us? You know? And it's always been pretty troubling for me as a person who like has tried to not only be open and honest about my experience, but also like shield the people I care about from like me, you know? And, you know, I've been like straddling the line between is my story important enough to share like, honestly and flatly you know but is it at the expense of other people's health you know and like it's just a weird like feedback loop where i'm like okay i'm just not gonna get anything done you know yeah Yeah, it sounds to me like you and cody have something in common in that you're both very concerned with being a burden on your friends and family um and that's a big thing in depression and leading to suicide as is yeah, because, yeah. I mean, obviously, you know that that is something that you say, you think all the time, that you say all the time, like, you guys putting up with me as opposed to us, like, loving you and accepting you. Yeah, and I, I think, you know, talking about it from James' context, too, is, like, when people say to me, you know, okay, you know, it's either one thing or the other that nobody's ever spot on where I am. They either think I'm more depressed or less depressed, and then they'll have a reason why. They'll be like, oh, you dealt with this thing, and now you're dealing with this thing. You must be depressed. Or it's just more like, oh, it was bad then, and now it's good now. Or we'll seize on one thing that you say. Yeah, but it it can flame your own fire. And I even have moments I know where I just completely spike out of nowhere, just like mood swing, get really angry, and then just completely drop whatever emotion that was five minutes later. And, like, you as somebody in the group chat, you see me just, like, freak out for a second. You go, oh, my God, is something wrong with Cody? I've already forgotten about it, potentially. There's other times where, obviously, I dwell on the thing. But, you know, in terms of, you know, what James goes through, I imagine for you, one issue you have is probably people assume that things are always, like, either better or worse than they are because of just some kind of on-its-face thing where, you know, you you go through this college thing and, like, they're like, oh, look at all these people helping you. And it's like, wow, that must be great. And he's just like, I'm just eating. You eat, dumbass. Like, leave me alone. Where other times I'm sure people are like, oh, my God, your life must be the hardest thing in the world and you can't do anything. And you're like, that's not fucking true. I'm just eating. You eat, dumbass. Like, (laughs) like that's just, you know, it's never spot on, I imagine. Um, I'm watching Seinfeld for the first time and when I got to the Handicap Spot episode... It, like, was very funny to me because I'm on the other side of that where I'm like, okay, like, every time I'm in the car, you know, I have that handicap pass and I take that spot. And people are always like, oh, like, you don't need it. I'm like, well, my life is kind of like a battle between how is my brain feeling versus how are my appendages still attached, you know, with all the pain or constant struggle that I feel inside um, and externally as well. So like for a lot of people, they're like, okay, so you're not in a wheelchair, so you must be cool. Yeah. You're not, you're, handi- cool. you're not handicapped enough. Cause <laughs> I went to, uh, an amusement park last weekend and 
we had this courtesy band. So, like, me, my girlfriend, and, like, her family could, like, go with me and, like, be escorts, but also, like, ride the rides with me. And, you know, it's a pretty small amusement park. It's Knobles. So it's, like, yeah, you know, yeah. free admission, like, kind of just a fun time. And, you know, people were, like, weirdly staring and, like, my girlfriend heard, like, people whispering, and I was kind of like, y'all, who cares? Like, rides are, like, 45 seconds long. Like, yeah. this is something I've dealt with for, like, 25 years. Can y'all just, like, shut the fuck up? Like, I, you know, it's, like, stuff like that, um, but it is kind of, like, about, you know, mental health, too, and, like, there are spikes, and sometimes those spikes are different, but they always move together, and so, like, I'm just, like, there's a constant kind of tug of war inside me where it's like, okay, what's doing better than the other thing? Can I, like, compensate? Can I, like, tortoise and hair? Like, it, it's weird. <laughs> right, and we talked earlier about, you know, the alignment grid of sympathy and empathy, and I think p- possibly the two, the X and Y axes are how visible is it and how much can I relate to it? Right, so yeah. you're if you're walking in an amusement park with a limp, it's kind of visible and people can kind of relate to it. But if you're then able to get in front of lines with friends and family, they're like, well, I've limped before. Like, that's not enough. Yeah. That doesn't justify that doesn't justify the treatment to me. Um, whereas on the other side, it, for schizophrenia, it's not visible and it's not relatable. So people just don't even think about it unless they're thinking about it in the really dangerous way that pop culture portrays it, where everyone who's schizophrenic is a murderer. Yeah, which is most certainly not the case. I mean, and I think what we're getting to even so much is just generalization too, which obvious, but like, you know, (laughs) you you were joking, you know, he's not handicapped enough. So you see this one thing, you're like, okay, well, I need this thing. I don't know if it's a hate crime to turn somebody's partially handicapped into fully handicapped. As you're speaking, Bobby, you know, get him in that wheelchair. But there's just that generalization of like <laughs> that was why we brought you up. Yeah, there, yeah. we were gonna finish this job off. No, but there's just generalization though that like, you know, you deal with this, so you are this way. But it's not even connected to other people half the time. It's just that you are this, you are this way, and then you see somebody else, you're, like, you're that, you're that way, and then it's just like. It's constantly happening, and then people are looking at you and or not, or, you know, it's an internal, external. Either way, you're just always in this place of, like, how do I explain this to people? Now, where I'm beneficial right now is I have the luxury that I can have this podcast and have so many people want to come on and, you know, want to tell their stories. And also be in the middle of a boom of... Yeah, we're, and we're in visibility. one of the best places we've ever been with mental health. We've got a lot of work to do. We're still moving. And like we said earlier, this is our first real experience. Uh, you know, this on any level, not even just what he has, but anybody has. And, you know, for me, we talked about social media a little bit. I've seen more of people talking about, you know, the ableist movement. And for a while, my first reaction was like, ah, come on. Like, you know, like. Oh, you know, like the straw controversy is really big. I'm sure a lot of people are like, straws? That's what's, you know, killing this? But, you know, I don't even know where too far is because I haven't even seen the line drawn. So now I'm realizing, like, I take a step back. I'm like, straws might be the worst thing in their community. It might be a minor, nu- like, nuisance. 
I don't know either way, though, because I never really checked that far in. I just assumed because it wasn't a problem for me, how could it be a problem for you? Right. I, I mean, I'm straws sorry. actually do help a lot of disabled people as well. I just um, meant, like, you uh, know, I, the I idea of getting that a band and stuff. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of like, you know, if you're not thinking about it, how could you know, right? Because, yeah. like... Don't know what you don't know. So. The thing about, like... It's weird. I was on that... There's, like, a Blink-182 podcast called Blink-155, and they brought me on to talk about Blink-182 using the R word. Um, I'll just say it. Don't cancel me. Retarded. And, like, when I was in school, people were saying that, you know, how they would say, like, homophobic slurs to say, that's lame or that's stupid. And, like, for some people, lame is, like, an ableist slur, right? Um, oh, wow. So I would use the R word to, like, fit in. But I didn't know, like, that is fucked up because, like, it's internalized ableism. I was just trying to, like, not get bullied anymore. So I was, like, trying to, you know, act like it didn't bother me. But then when I discovered that ableism is a thing, you know, there was a word for it. The kind of the weird stares, the baby talk, the kind of the erasure of, like, certain aspects of, like, my identity... Then I was kind of like, okay, how can I educate people to, like, not do this? And I think about that a lot, like, how people have started to not use that word or, like, move into, like, more inclusive language. Um, And there's issues with, like, certain, like, ways, like there's a thing called person first language. So they're like, I'm a person with this disability instead of a disabled person. And I feel like that even grammatically, it's like, okay, you're a person with baggage. It's like behind you. You're like carrying it around. Um, I get both sides of it, but I'm kind of like, no, like this is part of my identity, but it can be handled with a little more care and grace. Right. Like if you're Italian, you're an Italian person. Well, we don't like Italians on this podcast. Bad example. So, like, <laughs> so, Bobby's like so you know, no. So I'm, I'm thinking like online. Um, there's a lot of backlash against The Office. Yeah, and so so you show. see so many people say liking The Office is not a personality, and so it sounds to me like part of what you're saying is that you have to be like having CP is not my personality. Kind of. Okay, a little bit about The Office. I feel like people hate The Office now because it's become such, like, Fisher Price's first sitcom for a lot of people that they're like, okay, like, it's boring if you like this because it's entry level. But, like, I remember loving The Office when I first watched it. I mean, like, it hasn't aged well. In, like, a time where we are, like, now calling out bad behavior, you shouldn't watch a show that's, like, bad behavior every episode and, like... You know, there are episodes of that show, like, I can't watch, like, Scott Sots, but, like, The Injury is a good example, because, like, Michael burns his foot on a grill, and then he's like, do you know what it's like to be disabled? And then they have that warehouse worker who's in the wheelchair, and it's like, that's embarrassing, because, like, that is real. Like, people yeah. do do that. Um, what if Michael put his foot in a mitten? Yeah. Idiot. <laughs> How would he live? <laughs> Where would his big toe go? Probably Be- in the thumb hole. Being disabled is like forming a snowball, but like at all times. Yeah, it's like strange generalization, especially like on the internet too. Like people, um, like other disabilities, like epilepsy. So you're like triggered by strobe lights. 
Um, I got into a huge fight with this kid. He, um, like, Warped Tour isn't a thing anymore, but they have this thing called South Summerfest, which is... I'm going to that, actually. Are you? Tomorrow, I think. Saturday, I mean. Hell yeah. That's stacked. Um, so Sad Summerfest... I don't like any of the bands. I don't know. <laughs> it's a fun day. <laughs> I'll have fun. I'm just saying. I'm not going for me. <laughs> You're going for the sad. Use yeah. code Neurotica to get 15% off tickets to Sad Summerfest. That's not true. Don't do that. Yeah, Try it. They're actually <laughs> See sponsoring what Sad Summerfest. So anyway, I'm Sad Summerfest. Um, I have this friend, Ellie. She um, runs this organization called Lead DIY. It's basically like an epilepsy awareness thing to make people aware of like strobe lights triggering seizures. But also having people like have signs at their shows that say this show has low risk lighting or high risk. Um, I've seen that, you know, yeah, to keep people away from things that will harm them and trigger them. And Sad Summer uh, didn't get rid of strobe lights or like certain sets have strobe lights, and there was like backlash for it. But I was just kind of like, you don't want to endanger people's safety, like, and they're like, oh, they're not disabled because they're not. In a wheelchair, and I'm like, invisible disabilities <laughs> exist. Like, yeah, you're right. I'm gonna boycott that. I think they're doing it on purpose <laughs> as a throwback to when Warp Tour started, and people didn't give a shit about this stuff. And people are just banging their heads against walls anyway, so they were gonna get brain damage. I mean, them. we could go all day about how Warp Tour still doesn't care about anything, but I mean, I think they, they care so little they don't they cl- exist anymore. <laughs> they clearly. <laughs> don't care about anything because they still don't have these warnings. I mean, they, they still have strobe lights. They absolutely make more money than I do, so but I'm going to stop talking about that. But, I mean... You reminded me of the biggest point, though, through all of this that I'm remembering, and it's essentially that where I get really frustrated in society is that people say, this is how things have always been, it works for me, why do we have to accommodate one person? So when we talk about you in the front of the line, I say, why do we have to accommodate one person? When the reality is that it would be so much easier just to stop doing this one thing that actually offends a lot of people or affects a lot of people in your own life than expecting the entire group of people to change. Like people who say words like the R word or, you know, fairy, fairy, yes, um, or, you know, the much more dramatic F word uh, to identify home, home, homoerotic people. Um, Homoerotic people. Sorry, neurotica, homoerotica. Um, sorry, my brain's going to mush. But basically, you say a word like that, and then somebody says stop, and you say, "What? I have to stop saying this word because you know one person's offended." No, because it's easy for you to stop saying one word, than the entire group of people to forget the harm associated with the word and the fact that it's been thrown at them their entire lives with disdain and even if you didn't mean it somebody else did so it's really hard for me to have sympathy for the people like what i always said this word i can't say it anymore because some people are snowflakes now you're being a snowflake because somebody told you just to stop doing a very simple thing and you shit your diaper like that's being sent to me a snowflake that's where i get really mad online i'm mad online i used to be a person who was like that yeah, and I used to as well. I was like, wanted to be a comedian. I would defend, you know, Daniel Tosh for making a rape joke because that's what comedians do. You can do whatever you want on the stage. And then now I'm like, that was the most fucked up thing I've ever, like, heard of. That wasn't even a funny joke. He was no. just like, wouldn't it be great if she got raped? And I'm like, that's his right as a comedian. And I'm defending him tooth and nail, even saying like, oh, I don't know if the joke is that funny, but you know, that's his right. You interrupted him. He gets to, you know, respond. And then now I'm like... First Amendment. I'm like, no, no, whatever she did 
was right for him to bring up something that affects more than just her, anybody who's ever dealt with our rape culture should be offended by that. You did not attack that person. You lazily put a blanket statement as, oh, you're a woman. Women get raped. Wouldn't that be cool? I mean, you know, topically, there was this guy at Bagel Boss yesterday. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, he's a short little man. Sure was. And I don't know the context of his remarks, but I'm glad he was tackled. Um, it's just like, you know, I can't wait for old people to die. Oh, yeah. I'm like, really I feel like that. now we're kind of like, this is, I'm just like going to coin this phrase. We've been like awokened. I hate that I just said that, but like, it's kind of like people are <laughs> okay, being. Let me delete this entire file. <laughs> no, we're being more conscious about like our fellow people, you know? I think like because of the internet, I think that especially like fan communities like Tumblr and, you know, Twitter to some extent, where it's like there's one hand where you have like accounts like So Sad Today where it's like fetishizing mental illness, but then it's like, you know, people who are, like, growing up online and they're like, I, you know, live in a small town, there's no resources for me to go to growing up as, you know, someone with these issues or someone who's gay or trans or whatever. And so, like, they reach out and people are exposed to these things and they're more compassionate individuals because of, like, who they're dealing with, who they choose to be friends with. And, like, you know, I feel like this older generation, because they either don't have access to these resources, don't see people like that, or whatever nature, nurture, you know, things that they have, some people you can't change, but, I mean, like, we're gonna change kind of, like, as a culture. I mean, like, we have a lot more to go, but, I mean, as far as, like, disability is concerned, there's a concept that I, like, learned very recently. It's called a curb cut. It's, like, an actual infrastructural thing where, like, on a curb... It's, like, there's a lip for it, so, like, a wheelchair doesn't have to, like, roll off. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah, And so, like, like, it's good for, like... Like, at an intersection? Yeah. So, like, anywhere there's a curb and there's, like, a sidewalk, there's, like, that dip. And that's so a wheelchair doesn't, um, like, have a graceless landing. And so, like, no one's jarred or jostled. Yeah. But, like, you could use that for a shopping cart. You could use that for a stroller. You could use that for a skateboard. I mean, like, it's a feature in design that helps the people it's intended for, but also helps a wider spectrum of people. So, like, if you're Daniel Tosh and you stop saying the offensive joke or you stop saying the R word, like, you're not just helping people that, you know, have disabilities that you can see, but people who, like, may have been called that for a learning disability or something that, or, like, even something that isn't tied to actual, like function but they're just called that and it's like a different you know trigger or harm thing um i don't know it's like so easy not to be an asshole and like i've been in so many twitter arguments in my life with like bands like people who have like blue check marks and they're like saying the r word i'm like y'all like i know you may be from britain for example or you may just be assholes but like just stop. Yeah, just, just don't. don't. You know, and like, <sighs> there was this band a few years ago called Were. Oh my god! And uh, <laughs> there, you guys know about this band. Um, yes, it's you. You tell it. Basically, it just like there were these people, and they she were just like, banned. we we don't give a fuck. Like we don't care who we piss off. Like that's our thing. And in the same day, they were being transphobic, and then they were also using the R word. And 
I was like, hey, like, can you chill? Like, I have CP, don't use that. And they were like, oh, guy is scared to say it. And I'm like, no, like, I'm not scared. I'm like, that has been a, a loaded word for me. Right. Like, words hurt people just, like, societally. And they were like, oh, like, I respect you. Just, like, don't take offense to everything. And then they broke up that night. So... You broke on up the, that band. <laughs> on, the, on the bright side, that was the day that I learned about Gloss because they were being transphobic. So, yeah. But I, good I think that brings up a good point. Normal people like Bobby, you know, let's not bother them when they're, you know, saying their, their special words. You know, it's not really fair to people like Bob. <laughs> saying those words. Is normal the right word? Uh, that's a genuine question. Normal? I mean... A- abled. Normally abled. Um, not normal. Yeah, I mean, like, I... I hate the word differently abled because immediately you're like, okay, like we're going to put a word like the word special too. like, obviously there's like some in some circles, it's like the cousin to the R word, but like having special classes, the special bus, like things that I've heard forever. It's like that automatically like puts you in a different category. So I like the word abled because, um, it's just the opposite. Right. Yeah, it feels like, very binary in the way that's refreshing. And, like, you know, having a binary structure to a lot of things, like, erases, like, weird Great connotations. Areas. But I think, like, that's the easiest thing for, like, me to say to people is, like, you're not disabled or not disabled, but, like, this is the only thing that I can make sense of at this point. Like, I feel like later in life, we're going to come to, like, a greater physiological understanding of what's happening to me or, like, anyone else. Like, I went to the neurologist on, like, last Tuesday, and they're like, nothing is wrong with you. And I'm like, <laughs> what? What? <laughs> like, there's something wrong with me. Tell that to my entire life. <laughs> exactly. And it's like, over over the years, like, I've gone to different doctors, and they say different things. Like, that's one thing if you, like, have a broken bone, but, like, it's another thing if, like, you're working on, like, physical therapy, and, like, at some point, like, I got Botox injected into my legs because, like, they're trying to reset the neurons. Um, didn't work, by the way. I didn't know that sounds, was even possible. Sounds like it wouldn't work. <laughs> um, and so, like, I was trying all this different stuff, and, like, my parents were saints through all of this. They were, like, trying whatever they could to, like, get me to, like, where I am now, and... But it would conflict. And, like, if you're on a regimen, if you're on a treatment schedule or, like, doing exercises or something and someone tells you the opposite, it's like, okay, I have to undo everything that I've been working on for six, eight months, you know? And, you know, especially as I'm older now and, like, I have a full-time job and, like, have no, like, actual rigid schedule because, like, things kept getting wrenched at me, um, you know, it's harder to, like maintain some sort of like physical homeostasis but like i feel like once the science catches up we'll all be kind of like more accepting yeah. of like i'm sick of that, that sounds like another thing that's similar to mental illness where i mean a broken bone is a broken bone pete you're not gonna really read the x-ray that differently and have that different of a course of action for it but for a neurological disease or for a mental illness Two different people can look at the same thing and see two completely different things. One of them, like you just said, could see nothing. And they could have completely different courses of action. And, I mean, right now they're trying their best. But until science gets to a better understanding, there's not going to be, like, an objective 
way to handle it in the way that there is a, a broken leg or, you know, a strained muscle or something like that. The other thing, too, is, like, the reason I went to the neurologist in the first place is because, like, I started going to therapy and I was like, all this stuff has happened to me independent of my disability, but, like, is there a doctor that can gauge, like, my brain versus my body and, like, osmosis jones me and try to figure out like where the intersections are and change them reroute them whatever obviously not but she was like you should try to go and get like a baseline from a neurologist um but you know i feel like until we kind of have that technology which may never happen where we can see kind of like how our moods or like our trauma or our anxiety affects like other parts, especially when those parts are already affected by other things. I don't know. Right. It's still like a soft science. Yeah. Absolutely. Probably the softest science. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No. And I mean, anybody who's gone to therapy knows that's just a constant dissection and you might think you got it and then you don't. Um, But yeah, I think, you know, you've opened up my eyes a lot and, so glad we did have you on because I feel like even if nobody else listens, you know, it's really helped me. Um, and I just want one last perspective from you as somebody, you know, as a cross section of music and disability, I need to know once and for all, Stevie Wonder blind. Yeah. You think Stevie Wonder blind? Is it a controversy <laughs> that he's lying? I feel like, look, I think he's definitely legally blind. I think, I think it's like, a meme. I think he can catch a football. That's what I'm saying. I feel like, <laughs> You know, when people kind of come at other people's experiences and they're like, you're faking it, I feel like it, at least for me, like, there's no reason for someone who was in music before TV to have some sort of shtick, because, like, no one could see him. Like, for a long time, like, his recordings were, like, not on mass market television, so, like, I feel like he has no reason to lie, and, like... I don't know. The internet's mean. I was. I just think LASIK yeah. fixed it, and he's just in too deep. I don't think it's actually a controversy. I think it's just like a joke. Yeah, it's no, like it's, I, it's either a joke or an urban <laughs> legend, and like sometimes I feel like they can be the same thing, you know. Um, but like on a serious note, for music and accessibility and disability and stuff, there's a really great organization um, called Half Access that uh, Hopeless Records um, they presented this organization would like a grant to like develop it. And so like over 500 uh, venues are in their database and they go into like, how many stairs are there? Is there a bathroom that's accessible? Um, they might talk about gender neutral uh, facilities as well, but they talk about like, okay, like what's the strobe situation? What like are there handrails? Is there an ADA section? So if I go to the box office, I can get, you know, places where I can see, but also be safe from, like, people who go to the pup show. You know, I was worried about that, so I didn't go to the pup show, and I was like, I wanted to go. Right. But I, like, I think having these resources allow people who are coming out of their shell and going to things like this, who have kind of, like, different experiences to, like, be caught up and, like, be able to articulate what's going on so they can enjoy themselves. I feel like life is hard enough. Like, the earth is horrible. It was, like, flooding outside. Like, yeah. Make it easier for yourself. I parked in a place where I'm definitely getting a ticket. And we're all going to die soon. (laughs) 
So that, yeah, that sounds like a sick, uh, a really cool thing. Yeah, and it, it's great that you brought that up because one thing we like to do at the end of the show is do a little bit of plugs, and you've already plugged that. But you know, you have some projects uh, that you've already mentioned, so we'd love to hear a little bit more about those. Yeah, sure. Uh, so I have that podcast, Stereo Confidential. You can find it um, at stereoconfidential.com. Um, we're currently in the middle of a series on the band Hello Goodbye. And speaking of Hello Goodbye, Hello Goodbye is doing a Instagram live set uh, to benefit Half Access. Um, and another band you should check out on there is Barely Civil. Um, they're from Wisconsin. The drummer has CP, and I manage that band um, as part of my label managing duties at Take This to Heart Records. Um, that might be it. I don't know if I do other things. I manage bands. You already sound you... way more interesting than us. I don't <laughs> Are know. You writing? What? Are you writing still? Uh, yeah. I mean, like, here and there, um, I write a lot of artist bios, but, um, you know, I used to be published in, like, MTV and Alt Press, but I've kind of cut back on, like, the music journalism stuff to, like, focus on music business, but maybe expect stuff from me this year, uh, kind of, like, from a memoirish thing. We'll see how I'm feeling, but... Okay. We'll definitely look forward to that. Um, James is also on Twitter, if you want to plug that really quick. Yeah, uh, my Twitter is GetCerebral. G-E-T-C-E-R-E-B-R-A-L. Uh, you'll notice me with the verified check mark. Thank you. Hell yeah. <laughs> We're definitely on our way to get that, right, Bobby? No. Yeah. But yeah, Cody, definitely check him out on Twitter. When uh, I asked Cody what we were going to be talking to James about, because um, we didn't know each other before literally today, uh, we didn't even follow each other on Twitter. He was like, he's handicapped. Um, I was like, oh, like what sort of handicap? And <laughs> Cody was like, his dad is get cerebral oh, yeah. all right i got a guess now yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah so bobby you got anything else you want to plug what do we got coming up bobby anything um a couple of blogs in the works i wrote one today when while twitter was down just making fun of instagram um so just follow okay. <laughs> or more like instagram people like fuck jerry who just steal content um sure. so follow uh at class is boring Medium.com slash at class is boring for the blog and uh, at booby underscore styles for my personal account. You can follow me at CodeRan. You can follow the podcast at NeuroticaPod. I've always got other stuff going on, but I'm not going to promise that they'll actually produce anything. But the most important thing of all, the thing that I'm looking forward to the most and dreading the most. Turning the air conditioning back on. Turning the air conditioning back on. By our, no, <laughs> we are set. We have our special mystery guests we have our special mystery topic that'll probably change but we will be live july 21st at 2 p.m at the national liberty museum Museum. not libertarian you say that every fucking time the national liberty museum we already got a good crowd of people that want to come out so even if you're just on twitter and you want to meet some new people or if you really like liberty and you want to go to the museum you can just do that instead. I don't really care. Just come and say you're there for me. Tell people to follow me. I don't fucking care. They have the statue. Of, they have the statue of Liberty right now. So that's not. So that's not true. That. But they have you know, it. they might buy the time. If you like, don't want to go to New York, they have the Statue of Liberty. So come on out. Uh, pay what you want to enter the museum, and then that is also admission for the museum itself. For the podcast. For the podcast. <laughs> like Liberty, it's free. No. Yeah, so that's what we got coming up. We're very excited for it. We hope we'll see you all there. Otherwise, you've been listening to Erotica. Thank you so much.